0: I'm your host and reader, Nerdy Nerdenstein. The story is ours now. You can't have it back. Please be warned that the stories featured can and will contain explicit sexual content and is not intended for young audiences. Today I'll be reading Forgotten Fruit by Rupert Gaze. The rating for this fic is explicit. The pertinent tags for this fic include Demon Dean Winchester Season 7, Episode 17, The Born Again Identity Kind of Porn Without Plot Infidelity Dirty Talk Blowjobs Amnesiac Castiel Semi-public sex Come play. If you Forgotten Fruit Written by Rupert Gaze Read for you by Nerdy Nerdenstein. Summary Emmanuel is rescued and named by Daphne Allen when she finds him wandering alone in the woods. Years later, they share a comfortable existence, her leading a small revival and him in the center of it as a faith healer. He doesn't know if he's happy, but it's all he has and then a stranger comes to town. There's something wrong with the new parishioner. Then again, he supposes most of the people that come to his place have something wrong with them. Illness, affliction, guilt. When Daphne first had the idea to start this church, to spread the word of his powers to the world, she had told him he was special, to be able to see suffering and to heal others by laying his hands on them. Every week they come, and he tells her which ones are in pain and dying And she chooses which of them he can heal as she speaks of God and love and forgiveness. Emmanuel can see the agony, the bone-deep ache of sickness and age that riddles most of the crowd. He can peer into them and see how it marks them. Oil slicks on water, storm clouds on the horizon. But this new parishioner, there's nothing at all. Emmanuel has caught himself staring at the man. He holds no aura, No strange sense of something amiss. But there's something that pulls him regardless. The new parishioner is young, maybe his age, if Emmanuel knew how old he was. He has sandy brown hair and freckles and always dresses himself in layers. Denim and cotton and flannel and leather week after week after week. He has green eyes that always seem fixed on Emmanuel, that always find him when he looks out into the crowd. The people might come for him, for his powers, but it's Daphne that really runs the church. She had the idea to start it all, months after she found him and learned of his abilities. Beyond that, she's the one that gathers parishioners under a large white tent, that does the Bible readings and sermons, that asks for donations and selects the people for Emmanuel to heal. More than that, she had connected herself to him not long after she found him, walking alone in the woods, no memory to speak of. She took him in, and even though the memories never resurfaced, she kept him, had even named him. Now they have matching rings on their fingers, even though they couldn't officially be wed if Emmanuel didn't have a real name or proof of who he was. The flock of parishioners refer to them as husband and wife, and Daphne will make them coffee in the morning and tell him about the articles she's reading and muse about the world. She does their laundry and lays out clothes for Emmanuel to wear on Sundays, and she presses her mouth to his in the morning and at night, and Emmanuel thinks she's kind. But she doesn't look at him like that, inexplicably restless until he sees her eyes are locked on his, never thinks that he might not be able to keep track of himself or who he is, but that's fine, really, because someone else is doing it for him. Daphne gave him clothes, food, shelter, a purpose. But she doesn't make him feel like this, strange and building, like there's something on the tip of his tongue, pressed up behind his teeth and simmering in his belly, all with just a look. Even now, Emmanuel turns from the stage to the crowd, and there, the parishioner is looking and smiling at him, and there are dimples in his cheeks when he does it. He winks at Emmanuel, and his hands tighten into fists against the trousers Daphne picked out for him to wear. Emmanuel, darling, she asks, and he realizes he's been still for too long, realizes that there's someone at the front of the stage. Apologies, he says, standing, coming towards them. It's an older woman with lung cancer. Bad smoking habit she picked up when she was young, in Portland, he thinks, maybe Seattle. He sees flashes of her life, of the parties she went to, shadows of the people she knew, of the other woman she met, the one who is hiding in the back of the tent. He knows they call each other sisters, but they believe he won't heal them if they came together holding hands. Daphne has shown herself to be reluctant to pick out those like that. He puts a hand on the woman's face because he knew this about her, but didn't tell Daphne when they discussed the newcomers that needed healing. He doesn't tell her these things anymore. He wonders if that makes him wrong, if she has a reason for turning people like that away. But instead, he tells the old woman, I know. And she tenses, and he shushes her with an emphatic, It's okay. And then, in a flash of warm light, a glow that emanates from the inside out, he finishes with, You are loved and you are healed. After the service, he sees her and the woman she loves hug outside the tent. They don't kiss, and everyone will believe that she's just a relieved family member, nothing more. But Emmanuel knows. The parishioner is still there. His green eyes find Emmanuel's amongst the sea of the shifting crowd. Emmanuel has a feeling this parishioner knows too. <laughs> Their house is next to the tent. It's an old, raised ranch with a sprawling yard on all sides, situated on the outskirts of town. It's full of Daphne's things. Vases, tea sets, religious texts, and more recently, business-oriented manuals about accounting, marketing, growth, revenue. She likes lavender and mauve and cream, and the furniture is practical, upholstered well, perfect for receiving special guests. Sundays are just services, but during the week they're prone to seeing many parishioners and, more recently, journalists, news reporters. A few are people Daphne proclaims as business partners. Can they heal, too? No, but they have money, Emmanuel. He squints and tilts his head, and she sighs. The donations are helpful, but we need more. I mean, you like this, don't you? She waves a hand through the gauzy living room and his eyes land on a vase full of flowers sitting between them. Cherubs are painted along the side. She sips from a coffee cup, and Emmanuel mirrors her, but the liquid tastes like nothing. The food tastes like nothing. It's merely a habit, and sometimes he thinks back to the woods she found him in, if he could survive out there on his own. He notices he doesn't really get hungry or tired or cold. He looks out at the white tent and tries to see beyond it at the maples and oaks and pines, envisions a babbling brook, deer running past him, staying so still and so quiet a bird could land on his shoulder. There's a knock on the door. Our four o'clock,' she says, brightening, getting up to the front door. "'Welcome, welcome, oh!' Emmanuel looks up. A pair of bright green eyes meet his, and Emmanuel swallows the nothing taste of coffee and the parishioner smiles. "'We really weren't expecting—' Emmanuel stands as though he's meeting an old friend. "'It's all right,' he says, shocking himself. "'I called him.' Daphne frowns. "'You did?' He expects the man to look the same, surprised, suspicious, but his smile widens. The door closes behind him. "'Sorry for intruding,' he says while sidestepping Daphne and walking into the living room towards Emmanuel not sounding sorry at all. I hear you have another appointment. Well, I... Another knock on the door. There's a man and a woman behind it, wearing pressed suits and shined shoes. It's going to be a long meeting, Daphne hedges. I was going to bring them up to the office. Daphne had her computer up there. She had another set of upholstered couches, a safe, and a logbook of parishioners per service and donations, both steadily growing in the past few months. I had wanted you to be there. I'll send him up once I'm done, the parishioner tells her. His head is turned to look at Daphne, and Emmanuel can study his jawline in profile, the shell of his ear, the way the tan on the back of his neck fades towards the collar of his jacket. Well... All right, Daphne says, uncertain looking at him now. I'll be up, he tells her. The three of them go upstairs. Emmanuel can hear their footsteps going to the other side of the house, hear a door close, and silence. The parishioner is staring at him again. Sounds like an important meeting, the man says. Emmanuel ignores the observation. What is your name? Why did you let me stay? He shoots back. Emmanuel quirks an eyebrow, unmoving, and the man lets out a sigh. Stand your ground, then. He sits down on the couch, puts his boots up on the coffee table, almost knocks over Daphne's cup in the process. Emmanuel should say something. But then again, it's not his table, is it? Dean, the man says, that's my name. He puts his arms out on either side, taking up nearly the whole couch, spreading out in this room in a way that no other guest or Daphne or himself has ever done. So back to you. You let me stay. Maybe I've been meaning to talk to you for a while now. You've been coming for the past few weeks. And you never said hello. Why? Feeling a little intimidated by little old me, maybe? Emmanuel doesn't respond. And Dean rolls his eyes and shuffles over, not taking up so much space. He pats the cushion next to him and adds, Come on, I won't bite. That's where Daphne usually sits. Emmanuel likes to sit near the window. He rounds the coffee table and sits down, and Dean grins at him. Good, he says, turning more to look at him. They've never been this close before. Why did you start coming here? Emanuel thinks about the strange lack of aura the man has, how there seems to be a void, a blank space. There's no pain, no sickness. There's not even the glow of health and life he sees others possess after they've been healed, people he passes by on the street. I've always been a little curious, Dean admits. One arm stretches over the couch again. His fingers almost brush against Emmanuel's shoulder. I've been searching for something. Faith. Emmanuel asks. He's had many of those before. Mm, no, that's fresh out and not coming back anytime soon. Even after seeing what I can do. Dean snorts. Buddy, if I wanted to watch a woman yank around a guy to do her bidding, I would turn on Cinemax or flip through the personal ads. Emmanuel frowns. Well, he goes, what about you? I have to say, your wife's gotten better at preaching but your eyes always glaze over when she's doing her little fire and brimstone bit. Aye. He trails off, realizing Dean is right, and even worse, he feels heat creep up his face, because he's only begun to glaze over since Dean started coming, since Emmanuel put so much time into trying to understand who the man was, why he couldn't read him like he could everyone else, why he was so special. Crisis of belief? Dean asks him. His eyes flash in the sunlight that streams through the window. Or is it a crisis of something else? I don't know what you mean, Emmanuel says, even though Dean's looking at him like he absolutely does, and even worse, isn't about to do the polite thing people do where they ignore the problem right under their noses. Really? Dean says, leaning closer. His hand moves up, and Emmanuel can just see it in his peripheral. Because I think you do. In fact, I bet you spend more time staring at me than you do focusing on the good word. His gaze slides along Emmanuel's face, down his body, and he can feel the starched shirt and the trousers on his body get too tight and hot and itchy. But it's like Dean's able to see under all of that to the bare skin underneath. And maybe. He goes, moving even closer. You spend more time thinking about me than you do about anything, anyone else. Am I right? Emmanuel feels sweat creep along the back of his neck. He's never been this close to Dean. He had always been at the back of the church, eyes tracking him, but never talking, never able to reach out and touch him. Uh, I I, think you should leave, Emmanuel says, shaky. Probably shouldn't have even come here in the first place. Dean purrs, fingers ghosting back and forth along Emmanuel's cheek not quite making contact. But you know what else? He adds, leaning even closer, eyes trailing down. I'm not a holy man, but I'm good at reading people. And your signal's coming through loud and clear. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Even though you know this is going to be bad, you want to see what's going to happen if I stay. He flicks his eyes up to Emmanuel's. Face it, Angel. You're so curious you're gonna burst. So, how about it? Something seems to swim behind Dean's eyes more than mischief, more than lust. There's a darkness behind that tracking gaze. But then Dean licks his lips pink, swollen, and Emmanuel doesn't look at his eyes again before they're kissing. He and Daphne never, never kissed like this. Dean shoves him down onto the couch, one hand at his waist, the other sliding up the side of his neck. His body weight pins Emmanuel, and the smooth fabric of the cushion contrasts with the scratch burn of Dean's stubble, of the zippers of his jacket, the calloused pads of his fingers. And there's something building in the center of Emmanuel, something bright and hot that makes his body tingle. And he moves himself up, or just his hips, and Dean breaks the kiss to laugh against his mouth. Oh, this is going to be so much fun, Dean tells him, and Emmanuel means to ask what that means. But then Dean shifts down and their hips are pressed together, and Emmanuel realizes he's half-hard. His entire body is wound tight, and at the same time he thinks he needs to wind it tighter. Never felt like this before? Not what you can remember, anyway. No. No. I couldn't get it up for your wife. Dean intones, teeth scraping down Emmanuel's neck, hips pressing harder, the motion gratifying and yet somehow impossibly not enough. Why wasn't it enough? But you're getting all hot and bothered for me. Gotta say, you know how to make a guy feel special. Why? Why is... Don't think about why. Dean cuts him off, kissing him hands threading into his hair and tugging. Just think about how I'm going to give you everything you want. He pauses, dark eyes staring right into Emmanuel's. He hums. If you're good, he adds with a grin, can you be good for me? Daphne was upstairs, with guests. People who were supposed to help build their future together. A future with what? What? A bigger house, a bigger tent, more finances she could use to buy vases and furniture and coffee cups. He turns his head, looking at the vase with cherubs along the side. Then back at Dean, at his smiling face, at the lines around his green, green eyes. I'll be very good for you, he promises. Dean sweeps the cups and vase and books off the table and slams Emmanuel down onto it. He hears porcelain crash, books thumping to the floor and he's spread out like an offering for Dean. The table's long enough that his feet are on the floor, knees just tipped over the edge, and Dean spreads them wide and pushes Emmanuel's shirt up his stomach, tight from nerves or anticipation or something else entirely, and gets to work on his pants. Didn't they hear that? Emmanuel pants up at the ceiling. Why? want them to catch us. Dean's fingers are in the waistband of his trousers, his underwear, and he's tugging down, and Emmanuel doesn't just let him, he lifts his hips to make it easier. And Dean kisses below his belly button and down along one hip, and his stubble scratches at the skin there and Emmanuel thinks he whines, because then Dean laughs into his skin. Can you imagine that? He adds, fingers wrapping around the base of his cock, and Emmanuel jerks up, because no one's ever touched him like that. And maybe it's because he's pent up, or because Dean is... he's... But it feels like Dean knows him down to the individual cells. Like no one else could make him feel like he was too big for his own body, about to burst out of it into something new. Mm, Yeah, they're all so prim and proper, I can tell. Dean continues, and Emmanuel feels Dean's breath ghost along the head of his cock. What would you do if they caught us? We'd have to stop, right? Emmanuel swallows, throat clicking. The way he wriggled his body as Dean undressed him, spread his legs, moved between them, means that his head is now dangling off the other side of the table. He can see the cracked remains of the vase, the coffee that's staining the carpet, the opened devotional books and ceramic shards all scattered around his head like a mangled halo. Why would we have to stop? He pants, and Dean laughs again, his mouth still right there. And Emmanuel's cock throbs hot and heavy against Dean's fingers. He hears Dean murmur, Oh, we really are going to have fun, before he's licking a line up the underside of his shaft and swallowing him down, down, oh. Fuck, Emmanuel groans, eyes closing, hands shooting down to grip Dean's hair, and all he gets is a muffled groan for his efforts, the vibrations going up through him and shaking him apart until Dean gets both hands on his thighs. Pinning him and keeping him, and Emmanuel leans into it, goes pliant for him, does whatever he wants. God, you're cute, Dean praises, wet mouth slipping off of him with the dirtiest noise Emmanuel thinks he's ever heard. He feels shorter licks along the head of his cock and shivers against it. Dean's fingernails rake down his skin, leaving goosebumps in their wake. Cute, Emmanuel echoes not really paying attention to words or thoughts or how this is probably a bad idea. Dean's fingers are around the base of his cock again, and they squeeze, and they're wet with spit, and it's so slick and hot, and Dean's pressing his mouth to the head of his cock again. Dean sucks a wet kiss into the slit, and Emmanuel can only throw an arm over his face, feel how hot his cheeks are burning, and spread his legs as wide as they'll go with his trousers still around his ankles. Mm, yeah, so cute, so fun, so... He hums. So good, just for me, right? You haven't been doing this with anyone else. No, no, why would I... Oh, God, Dean. Right there. Dean's mouth is on him, all over him, swallowing him down. And there's something tight and hot coiling in his stomach. No, lower than that and it's growing, and Emmanuel wonders if it's going to keep going and going and not ever stop. Thinks he might like that, him and Dean like this for as long as possible. Just giving it up for me? That's sweet. Real sweet of you. He hears more of those dirty hot sounds Dean's making with his mouth on him, and he wants to come so bad Emmanuel's going to lose his mind, and he says as much. Yeah. Yes. Dean stubble brushes over the overly sensitive head of his cock. Emmanuel nearly arches off the table and probably would have if Dean didn't pin him back down. I'm losing it just watching you, Dean tells him. I wonder how it'd feel. Anything, Emmanuel says before Dean can finish the thought. Whatever you want, I'll do it, just... Hmm, be careful what you promise, Dean says, and Emmanuel lifts his head up at the tone the man is using. And Dean is smiling, hand stroking up and down his cock, and fuck he was right. It is a mess. There's saliva and milky white precum leaking from the tip of his cock, and Dean's mouth looks wrecked from taking it. Can you really do whatever I want? Yes, Emmanuel says, not really thinking about it, just feeling, just knowing, and Dean blinks, surprised maybe, but then that grin is back, all teeth and intention. Just make me come. Oh, I can do that. How do you want it? I... I want... Emmanuel doesn't know. He just wants to watch Dean. Wants to feel this mounting pleasure. This real thing that is building and building between them. Visceral and solid in a way nothing else has ever been. Come on, Angel. Don't tell me you've spent weeks looking at this pretty face without thinking about what you wanted to do with it. Emmanuel hadn't, not really, but now the Dean's here, between his legs, it's all he can do to run a hand through Dean's hair, gripping the strands hard. Swallow it, he tells him, and Dean's eyes go wide. For a moment, Emmanuel thinks he's overstepped. Can you do that? Dean laughs, pumps his cock a few more times. Under that faith healer garb, you're just filthy, huh? You've been wanting to fill my mouth up for weeks. You didn't even know my name and that's all you saw me as. Some ready and willing slut just for you. Emmanuel wants to say he didn't. He swears, but he lets Dean's words paint a picture for him and decides it doesn't matter, really, because he noticed Dean when he first wandered into their service and for every week after. He let him into his house and is currently letting him do this while his wife is just upstairs. So instead he goes, Is that a no? And Dean curses, but he's so very clearly pleased about it. Fuck no. Dean ducks down like he's about to make good on his promise, and Emmanuel surprises both of them by tugging Dean's hair harder, just enough to make him stop, look him in the eye again. So, Emmanuel licks his lips. That means you'll be good for me. Dean sticks his tongue out just a little between his white teeth, Is that what you want? Dean takes his hand from Emmanuel's shaft, fingers gripping his thighs, pushing them up. Emmanuel goes with the motion, letting himself be dragged until his ass is just about over the edge of the table, until his thighs are over Dean's shoulders, ankles locked together over his back. Sounds like you still got quite the savior complex. That's what I am. Oh, is it now? Well... Dean drags out the word and finishes the musing with a wet, sucking kiss to Emmanuel's inner thigh. I'll do what you want. I'll be so good for you. Just watch. Dean sounds sarcastic as he says it, but his hand finds Emmanuel's cock again and he strokes it until he throbs. I'm gonna swallow you down till you're screaming. Emmanuel opens his mouth to speak, but then Dean makes good on his promise and he has to slap a hand over his mouth. Shut his eyes. Fuck, it's so good. It's tight and hot and dripping wet, and Dean holds him still like he's nothing. Like it's Emmanuel's job to just go still and yield under him. To let Dean take over, and Emmanuel thinks, why not? He has no clue who or what he is. Hasn't even felt real until this moment. Why shouldn't he just do what Dean wants? Be good for him. Get this in return. He thinks that's more than fair that he can give it up for this man that looks like nothing and looks beautiful at the same time, that makes him spread his legs with hardly any effort at all. And Dean swallowing him down, down, so deep, so good, and Emmanuel can't stay quiet when he comes because it feels like he might be turning into something new, going hot and white as he pulses down Dean's throat. And Dean swallows him and moans against his skin and holds him down, down, down. Emmanuel stares at the ceiling, dazed. Dean slowly works his legs off his shoulders, and Emmanuel keeps them open so Dean can stay between them like it's his favorite spot in the world. He shivers as he feels that mouth press kisses and licks along his cock, his hips, his inner thighs. You made a mess, Dean says, a voice deeper than it had been before. Ruined. Wrecked. Emmanuel shudders. You're cleaning me up. Said I'd be good, didn't I? Emmanuel's back sticks to the overvarnished wood of the coffee table, and he winces getting up. Dean's still kneeling, still smiling, and Emmanuel tilts his head down, looks at him, reaches a thumb out and brushes the sticky wet of his cum that's along Dean's bottom lip. He opens his mouth and sucks it off his finger, tongue brushing against the pad of his thumb, Eyes closing, and Emmanuel takes his hand away and stands up. What? You got what you wanted, so you're going to kick me out? Dean says, though he rises gracefully from the floor all the same. He's still dressed, just the fly of his jeans are open. Emmanuel reaches down, cups him through his underwear, and Dean's eyes just about roll up into his head. Oh, fuck. You were good for me, Emmanuel murmurs walking Dean the few steps back towards the couch until he's sitting on it. I need to return the favor. Holy shit. He drops to his knees, gets between Dean's legs like Dean had done for him, grabs Dean's cock and tugs it out from the confines of his underwear. It's flushed and hard and wet at the tip, and that's where Emmanuel stops. Almost. He knows enough to run his saliva-slick thumb over the slit, Feels more hot precom slide around it, uses the added slick to pump his hand up and down Dean's shaft a few times. Dean groans, leaning back into the pillows, thrusting his hips up into Emmanuel's grip. Oh fuck! Don't tease, Dean whines. You just said I was good. Aye. Emmanuel bites his lip. Mm. Oh yeah, that's right. You were so confident back there, I almost forgot. One of Dean's hands comes down, tips Emmanuel's face up to Dean's expectant gaze. Never sucked a cock before, huh? No. Need someone to show you what to do? Emmanuel nods. Dean's hands trail down to his mouth. Open up. He orders and he does. Dean puts his thumb against Emmanuel's tongue now and he tastes salt, sweat, skin, Dean. God, so fucking pretty. At Emmanuel's pinched eyebrow, he adds, Your face, sweet, innocent. Kind of needs a cock in it. You'll be fine. He goads, hand back behind Emmanuel's head, urging him forward. Don't bite down. Don't use too much teeth. But then again, I kind of like a little pain. He winks, just get it nice and wet, really wet, make it drip down. His other hand grabs one of Emmanuel's and he gets a tighter grip on the base of Dean's shaft. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to swallow it all, just, oh, fuck, fuck, yeah, perfect. So good, just like that. Emmanuel goes, lets Dean's hand and his hair guide his mouth up and down. He had expected him to be more rough, more demanding. But Dean only has praise for him, little gasps and moans, hips hitching up to get deeper into his mouth, the hand on his cock ensuring he doesn't go down too far and choke. Hey, yeah, just like that. I swear you're a natural. Mm. He hisses and Emmanuel thinks it's the teeth but Dean's cock pulses against the addition of pain, and he chuckles, breathless above him. No, hey, maybe you're just for me. Emmanuel swallows at the words, and Dean catches it, fingers gentling as he figures out what to do. Now they're just stroking at the back of his neck, petting him, and Emmanuel feels his eyes glaze over again, not because he's bored, because this is all instinct, second nature, and he doesn't have to think about it. Yeah... Just for me, he continues. You like that, don't you? I give you what you need. You give me what I want. We can be so good together, you know. Don't, oh, fuck, yes, right there. Don't need it. Anyone else, do we? Emmanuel groans and Dean thrusts into his mouth, rocks against his tongue, lets his head scrape against his teeth a little, just enough to drive himself crazy. Yeah, fuck, that's it. So good for me. Perfect. This is where you were meant to be, Dean tells him. Right here with me. That's why I found you, you know. You're all mine. All of you. He's panting hard, and Emmanuel sinks down a little deeper. Sucks a little harder. Yeah. Dean groans out, hand tightening in his hair again. In in fact, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm... Fuck. Almost there. Almost. Emmanuel looks up at Dean, and that makes him groan. And he's tugging Emmanuel off his cock all of a sudden. And he has his mouth still open, still wet and ready, about to ask what's wrong. But then Dean's hand strokes his cock once, twice, and then he's coming all over his face. Oh, mine. (sighs) Dean breathes out. So good. Just fuck taking it, huh? Emmanuel shakes, surprised, but he doesn't move because Dean's right. He feels drops of cum against his cheek, down his jaw, dripping onto his rucked-up shirt. Even more on his tongue, and he swallows it without thinking. And it tastes like salt and skin, and it tastes bitter. And Emmanuel realizes with a start he can taste it, ascribe a flavor when before he had nothing— and without thinking he wipes another streak of cum off his face and sucks that into his mouth too. And Dean groans at the sight, looking all spent on the couch, relaxed and lazy and loose, so loose that Emmanuel sees something in the center of him. Mm, You are dirty, huh? I'm glad you're all mine, Dean says, wiping a few drops off of Emmanuel's chin and feeding it to him. And still Emmanuel's looking, because that something is growing out from the middle of Dean some swirling essence he's never seen or felt before. We should probably clean up, Dean carries on. Don't know how long your wife's going to talk to a bunch of suits. He turns to look up the stairs where they vanished, and Emmanuel sits there and stares at the shell of Dean's ear, at the pale skin along his throat, and when Dean turns back around, he sees it, really sees it. You're not, Emmanuel starts, stops. You're not human, he says. Huh? Oh. Dean looks down at himself. Cat's out of the bag, huh? Dean tucks himself back into his pants, zips himself up. You really are special. Ruin my little disguise because you made me come too hard. Dean's still Dean, still beautiful, and that grin is lecherous and full of unspoken promises. But now Emmanuel can see him, see his true face, Some twisted, hellish form. Something wicked, something evil. You tempted me? Emmanuel asks. Me? Nah. Well, tempted for a good time, I guess. But I said I. I promised. Oh, that. He sucks his teeth and leans forward. Emmanuel stiffens up, expecting pain. But all he gets is Dean ruffling his hair. Your soul's intact. Dirty talk in bed doesn't count, even if it's sealed with a kiss after. He winks, and when Emmanuel doesn't smile, doesn't relax, he rolls his eyes. Okay, fine. I heard through the grapevine there was a holy man around doing the Lord's work, so I figured I'd see what's what. And? And what? Raise a little hell, maybe. He looks pleased at the joke. Nah, you're, well, you're something, that's for sure. No memories, not even a real name. So much goodness it's bursting at the seams, but under that, guilt, regret, delicious cocktail for someone like me, and. Dean's eyes sweep up and down Emmanuel's form, and Emmanuel jolts back when Dean's eyes flood black for the first time. Easy on the eyes. Very, very easy on the eyes. Emmanuel swallows, a holy man kneeling for a demon. He looks up at him. So what now? Dean blinks and his eyes shift back to green. Now? Oh, well. I guess I wasn't exactly here for a social call. Dean gets up, moves towards the door, and that's what makes Emmanuel get to his feet, hurriedly tugging his shirt down and his pants back up. Dean clucks his tongue like he's disappointed. More demons besides me knows you're out here, he says. You got power, plenty of it. And they either want you in on the deal or off the board. And? And what do you want? Dean twists his mouth. For once, he's not smiling. Doesn't look amused at all. You really don't remember, do you? Emmanuel just blinks. Come on, man, Dean says. Don't you think there's a reason you've been out here with this born-again chick for years in a sexless marriage? And I pop up and get your motor running like nobody else? It's not just a sexuality thing. You've had plenty of chances to bone down an adoring fan. But no, you go with me. Because I'm different, right? Because you've never met someone like me. He takes a step towards Emmanuel and goes, Because for the first time in a long time, you're thinking about saying fuck it to what you should do and doing what you want to. Emmanuel swallows. He still tastes salt. I'm considering. He trails off. There's something there, but he can't quite grab it. Disobedience. Dean finishes for him. Emmanuel looks at the ruined living room, out the window to the white tent. He looks back at Dean. My name. It's not Emmanuel, is it? Not even close. What is it? Oh, isn't that the question? But you know what I am, and with my kind, you don't get something for nothing. You have answers. Answers. Protection. Maybe a way to get us all unfucked from this situation we've landed ourselves in. But I'm not doing that here, and you're not taking your wife with you. Daphne saved him, he thinks, a little guilty. You know I didn't just get in your pants to make you talk with me, Dean adds, a little softer. He holds an arm out, and Emmanuel goes to him. Despite everything, he goes, and Dean wraps an arm along his waist and drags him closer. We can keep doing that, Dean teases. What makes you think I even want to? Dean's arm slides down to his ass and presses them together. Because you're getting hard again just thinking about it. Emmanuel flushes, but he doesn't pull away. Dean kisses the side of his face, his jaw, his mouth. They're both flushed and sweat-slick, and Emanuel doesn't even want to know what his face looks like right now. Dean tugs his bottom lip between his teeth before letting go, leaning back. Well, he asks, what do you say? This is a bad idea. Emmanuel manages. Probably. I have a life here. A boring life, but yeah, sure. I owe her. My cum is still on your face, Dean interrupts. You really want to break out the it's-not-you-it's-me speech with her now? Emmanuel opens his mouth, shuts it. He and Dean are pressed together, some shimmering connection between them that Emmanuel is sure goes deeper than lust, deeper than anything he's ever known, or at least anything he can remember. After a moment weakly he says, Do you even have a plan? Dean grins. Oh, angel, do I ever. He leaves a note, quick, scribbled over some stationery as Dean shoves a hand down his pants to hurry him up. He thinks about cleaning up the mess, the broken vase, the coffee stains, but then Dean's in his ear, breath hot along the side of his face. You see that old Chevy in the parking lot? The big black one. Mm, yeah, it's my car. Emmanuel doesn't respond, not sure why Dean mentioned it at all. When we head out, there's an old turnpike out of town that no one uses anymore. He signs his name on the note. Uh huh. I think I'm going to lay you down on the hood, Dean tells him. Let you open me up and ride you till you scream. Emmanuel feels a little bad about how he left things, but not bad enough to stay. The end. Thank you so much for listening.
1: If you would sure